Welcome to the Trucker's Mind Podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy K Things. All right, man. We back again. Episode 58, correct? Yeah. All right, eight. man. This shit is going up. It's going up so fast. I'm losing count. Yeah, man. Holy episodes. smokes. Episodes on episodes. Holy smokes, Batman. All right. Um, <laughs> let's get into it. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> Allergies or something. <laughs> All right. Let's get right into it, man. Um, Avengers Endgame. Now, before we continue with this conversation, right, we may say some things that may be considered a spoiler, but the movie's been out a while. So if you motherfuckers haven't watched it by now, then sorry. Yeah, okay. That yeah. might raised a billion dollars already. Yeah. You one of them, you know what I'm saying? One of them billion, then. Yeah, then fuck it. All right, we're going to get right into it. Uh, the Avengers Endgame. Great movie. Great fucking movie. I love the way that they ended the movie. Um, I just said there are so many elements of the film that were just perfectly timed. Um, and it was so dope. Like there are certain things that like, like, uh, it was a part where Thor was getting fucked up by Thanos and he like almost threw thunder in the sky and whoever was worthy of holding that hammer could hold it. And that shit went to Captain America. Yeah. And Captain America started fucking Thanos up with it. And yeah. I was like, wow, like, they just switched this shit up so much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Captain America, um, <coughs> I've, ever since uh, Winter Soldier, the first Captain America movie was, like, not that great to me. It was, they uh, they did, not like, a interesting aesthetic with it. They tried right. to make it, like, a retro. Um, they shot it with different cameras. They made it really golden to try to fit into, like, a... Um, a certain era of film, which is, you know, an interesting take on, you know, a movie, but just, the, right. just, just the way it was set up, was just not really interesting to me. But then fast forward to the winter soldier movie, which is a second, second captain America movie. I thought it just like, it just like, I don't even know how to explain it, but it was just a huge upgrade. Like it was just way cooler. Like the first captain America movie was Steve Urkel. And then, right. Uh, the Winter Soldier was like Stefan. Like they hopped Nobody in knows what that means. For all it, those that watch on, Steve bro. Urkel, know not everybody means. knows what that means, man. For it anybody who, huh? I don't make references for everybody. I make references for the cool people. Some motherfuckers aren't old enough to remember that. Oh, and our, that listen to our podcast? No yeah. way. Okay. All right. Before we continue, there was a alter ego called Stefan Arkell that was put in a machine when Steve Urkel like wanted to be cool and he created this bullshit machine and it turned him into a cool guy so that's just basically Steve Urkel's alter ego for all those who don't don't know if you don't know that I'm sorry <clears throat> we don't like to talk around people here we want you to be in the loop so fuck what Keith's talking about all right um no, okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyways I'm not the guy that explains references you could uh that's what Google is for but um, yeah, so <laughs> Winter Soldier was way better. And yeah. then, um, so actually, the person that directed Winter Soldier was the director of that would eventually direct um, the Infinity War and then this uh, and then the in game. Um, so, like, you know, they just kind of carried on that tradition. They're just like great filmmakers. So, right. kind of whatever they put their hands on just turns out to be really good. But I think what they did, the way that. Um, they utilized Captain America um, just because they were the per the people that directed the Winter Soldier. I think they just kind of 
found a way to always make his moments amazing. Right. Like, they, I feel like they understand his voice more so than any of the other characters in the um, in the uh, MCU just because they directed the solo movie. So they kind of carried that on. And then I, I, just that moment, him, you know, the hammer coming towards yeah. him, doing all the, like, combos the spinning and around. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was shit. just like... They just they just always found a way to make Captain America seems cool because in the comics he's not right like he's not the coolest person right but they kind of found a way to upgrade it in the yeah films. and even in the last Avengers uh, movie it was a part where he started fucking Thanos up yeah he started punching him and hitting him. <laughs> and I was like oh we was and me and my pops was watching it we was like yeah. oh get him Captain get him <laughs> like it, it made us a fan of Captain America exactly that's it, how that's how yeah because beforehand it was like. <clears throat> he was just like this dude that was just this this corny played out comic book character. Yeah. And he turned into like one of the main characters. Like he was the main character pretty much. If you think about Avengers, you have to think about he, Captain yeah. as I the man. I think they made he is the leader. Like I think they intentionally made him the leader <coughs> just because he I don't know what how it played out probably early on in the the screenwriting process or right. early on in the I think just in general just being that um he was the first, you know, right. like Avenger, I guess. So that probably played a role in it. But then he just ended up being like, he just kind of looks like a leader. He's like, yeah, the, like the typical, uh, it's like American, fu- I guess. It's like fucking Cyclops, the X Men. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But you know, it was funny. They kind of downplayed Cyclops in the movies. Like they didn't really put him. Yeah, they haven't. The the actual <coughs> movies haven't matched what they did in the cartoons or in the comic books. In the cartoons, he had more of a leadership. Yeah, role. yeah. But he's also a lot older in the in the in the cartoon. True. Fox. Yeah. Very tr- great point because he was really younger, and Wolverine was just like, "Get out of my face, punk!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wolverine. Zach the- Summers. Huh. His name Scott Summers. Or? I think so. Something I can't. Summers. I can't remember. Uh-huh. But he, <laughs> Wolverine didn't take shit from no. That's my all-time favorite comic book character. Is fucking yeah. Wolverine. Yeah. He'd be like, "Get out of my face, <laughs> bub. <laughs> Get out of my face, bub." And he'll put him claws out on you too. Yeah. Wolverine, calm down. <laughs> that that animated. I don't know if anybody remembers it, but that animated series with X Men. Like in the nineties is is by far the best representation of a Marvel comic like uh from a comic to cartoon ever. Yeah. <clears throat> Damn freaking allergies, man. It's still a really good show. I oh, watched yeah. it on Netflix a while back. Oh my goodness. It's still pretty the animation is not that great. Um just because there's been so much so much advancement in animation. I just I don't know which one you're what you've seen. They've made so many different ones. The one that I seen used to um, come on Fox. Yes, yeah. that's it. Yeah, that yes, one. that was the best, man. That was, that was by far to me was the best. I, yeah, and yeah. I had the best cartoon lineup probably out of any generation because Saturday cartoons would be um, fucking Spider Man was one of them, then X Men, yeah. and yeah. then uh, mm-hmm. was it Batman too? I think Batman came on too, and that Batman in the early nineties was the shit. Yeah. But we're talking about Marvel right now. We don't so. even have cartoons like that. <clears throat> no. That sucks, man. Nah, like, we just a bunch of reality TV bullshit. Lot, yeah. But even the cartoons that they have that kids are growing up on now are, like, stupid. Right. It's like the <clears throat> the um, Teen Titans. Oh, that's... They have the Teen Titans Go Now, which mm-hmm. is, like, these little miniature Teen Titans. Oh, my it. God. It's really just a comedy now. Stupid. Um, it's So, we don't have those, like, you know... I think 
those are those type of shows inspired me to like want to create superheroes and you know draw and stuff (laughs) like that but now we don't even have that anymore we don't have shit yeah these kids don't have anything and it's weird like you got to pay attention what your kids are watching Mm because it'll be like let's save the world yeah there's something in my butt you'd be like what the fuck are you kids watching yeah (laughs) yeah it'd be some weird references they'd be making yeah all right this is not this is not for kids all right Back to the main topic, Avengers. Great fucking movie. Yeah. And, and they added so many new elements to this film that it was crazy. They made Thor was overweight and depressed uh, yeah. and alcoholic. And, and uh, Bruce Banner was like half Hulk, half human. So he wasn't as big and he knew how to channel his anger, Yeah, which was dope. But there was times he was about to get pissed off. I don't know if you caught that. Mm-hmm. Like he'd be like, uh, I think Thor put his hands on me and said, hey, take your hands off me, all right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, fuck, he about to get mad. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, they just added different elements to the film. And then another mm-hmm. one was um, obviously the Thor when he made Captain America worthy of having that the fucking hammer. Yeah. That was one thing that was just like, whoa. Yeah. And then another one was, uh, oh, my God, that was another one that was really cool. But I, I'll remember it here in a minute. But mm-hmm. what was awesome, too, and I was waiting on it, was Stan Lee's cameo. Yeah. And I was just like, there it is. Like it's just like rest in peace. The last stand. one, yeah. Yeah, man. That guy's a that guy's a genius. A legend, man. Yeah, for sure. I think uh, yeah, you know, it's crazy to think that, you know, a guy that, you know, just loved comic books, loved superheroes, um, he created, you know This world. The genesis of <coughs> the biggest movie ever. So right. That's dope. The that but that was a lot of um a lot of references if you if you've been a person that has been on the journey from the beginning watched all however many uh movies there are you watched every single one of them it's like it was like a huge a huge payoff for for the people that have invested yeah. their time and money into all these movies yeah. subtle references like there is a when there's a moment when falcon like they finally link up or when when they finally uh, put the stones together and they bring back the uh, the other half of the human beings, yeah, and then the, the Falcon finally calls Captain America. He's like, you know, hit him on the radio, and then uh, he's like, Cap, are you there? Are you there? And then he's like, Yeah. And then he's like, On your left. Um, that's a reference to the Winter Soldier <coughs> movie because in the Winter yeah. Soldier movie, they're running around uh, the the memorial um, in DC. Yeah, and. And uh, Captain America is running so fast that he keeps lapping him. So he's like, on your left, on your left. And he's like running like superhuman speed. And then um, Falcon is running like a normal human being. <laughs> so that was just a cool reference. And then yeah. I, and then out of that came like Black Panther and yeah. then the sister and then the other, the other girl. And then it was like this like interesting like uh, dynamic where they were showing like the minority minorities come through it's a very like progressive epic, movie yeah in an epic fashion and then there was a point where all the girls were fighting one with right with uh with one another and it, it and it didn't come off as corny it was exactly forced, you know what i mean because that's you could easily make that look corny right but, you know it was Let, let's talk about that this movie was extremely progressive which i think was what's dope but it wasn't forced and what i mean by that is it wasn't like it wasn't overboard because yeah. it, it it okay there was a, there was parts in the film where you could tell that they were they were like not subtly but they were like smoothly uh, like 
integrating these different like aspects in the movie, like um, where they were having a meeting with uh, Captain America as the leader of the group. It was like an AA meeting, like a, almost like an AA meeting, but it was because of the you know what had happened to the world. Mm-hmm. And he says, "Yeah, I started dating, and the guy basically was gay, right?" And they were just having open dialogue about you know him dating. Yeah, but it was to, well, like the way they wrote right. it was like well, it wasn't like. Like you said, it wasn't corny. It was right, like, and it was subtle. Like how yeah. any normal adult gay man that's out would speak, right. you know. Right. So the, it, it uh, they put that was in the movie as well, and it was it was in there to where um, there are people who are extremely like whether conservative or liberal. It wasn't to the point where anybody is either conservative or liberal would be like, oh gosh, should they go trying to put this in the movie? It was. I just, did see one person say that. One of my really? friends posted that on Twitter. Like it's not it's like, why can we get a movie without any political agendas? There, it's not it's political like, agenda. It's real life. That's what, yeah, that's my point. Yeah. It's like art reflects life. So exactly. Like these are the things that are really going on in the world. Right. You know, you, you know, can't really have a movie without themes. Thank you. Themes have to be incorporated into movies. Exactly. People, people are gay. People the, are women. Only, people are black. People the, are white. You know, the only, pro- the only time people have a problem with it is if they don't, if they don't, uh, actually care about those, um, those themes or those right. uh you know the people that are trying to make a change i guess yeah I, I think that we've had one track minds for too long in film there's a lot of people who are extremely underrepresented in film but if you could put them in a movie organically to where it all comes off and it, it's not corny and it's not forced then do it and i think that the the avengers Endgame did an amazing job with that mm-hmm. um the, the the women characters were all like like real comic book characters that were strong, like Captain Marvel. Mm-hmm. She came in there and started fucking shit up at the end. Um, and it wasn't like forced. Yeah. Like she was really putting in work. So it, there, like you said, there was a scene where it was just all women coming and it was, it was like uh, on the front lines. Mm-hmm. And I was right when that happened, it just clicked in my mind. I was like, you know, I went into podcast mode. I was like, oh. That's a good that, type. That's that's content. Yeah, <laughs> it was all women right there, and I was like, "Damn!" And yeah. then and then Scarlett Johansson came, and she, oh my god, the body on that one. <laughs> Scarlett Johansson is sexy, man. She had a little yeah. tight suit on, man. Yeah. Oh Scarlett my, is gorgeous. Scarlett is beautiful, man. Yeah. That I think uh, Scarlett Johansson is probably one of the top like top actresses as, as far as this. her acting is amazing she played in that other movie too where she used 100% of her brain what was it called oh yeah I don't know I forget the you don't talk about but I know what you're talking yeah, about that yeah that shit was crazy it was yeah. good she was super sexy in that too <laughs> but she, she just I think the one thing that this movie did do was <clears throat> which is different from a lot of superhero movies is I thought everybody brought their A game as far right. as acting right because Scarlett you know she was she wasn't that fierce in this movie. No, she was vulnerable. She was emotional. She was crying half the movie, like you know, throughout most of her role. Right. Um. So that was like a, a switch up. I think what they did, what making the movie three hours, they ca- they can't do that every single time. No. But because it was the last one, and then they made it three hours, you were allowed to actually start to care about the characters. Exactly. Because exactly. normally most of the most of those movies start out with an action scene. Like, it'll start out with, you know, a heist or right. a fight or something like that. But this one literally started with Hawkeye, who is not the most popular character. Right. But somehow, we were still like, oh, dang. Like, 
his kids disappeared. Like, <laughs> yeah, like they were just playing catch. Like, you know, and then that sets you up for the whole movie. Yeah, so. exactly. I think that we were more in this movie. We were, we were more captivated by dialogue than you know than, than the the fight scenes and the CGI because most of the movie was dialogue. It was more brains than brawn. Yeah, like um. There are parts of the film where, you know, they go back in time and they're not trying to fuck shit up. They're like trying to creep by. Yeah. You know, they watch their old selves fucking shit up, but they don't they don't even want to deal with them. Yeah. You know, even the way the Hulk was kind of like. Yeah. yeah like, I'm going to smash this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. hilarious, man. And then it was a funny part where he was in the uh, in the uh, in the diner and a girl, the kids came and wanted to take a picture with him. Yeah. 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 yeah and he's like, listen to your mother. <laughs> she's, she's, she's right. He's all popular. Yeah. <laughs> and the super... man pops in. He's yeah. Just, I think that they they did that is very meta. Meta means like you're very aware of what's going on in the movies. Right. So Ant-Man in in the in the movie he's a small character, but he also under they also understand that he's not the most popular character right. as far as the MCU. So they play on that idea a lot like him being this like the schluck, I guess. Right. He's kind of there and he's like he has these unique powers and he's kind of cool but he's not really that cool so right you know he's always kind of playing that character right and he came back by mistake because even though the world was wiped out he wasn't a part of it because he was stuck he in, was that, in that little, that con that little uh it, it was it he some, went like hyper um yeah whatever, where he was like extremely small extremely small and it didn't wipe him away and then yeah. and then it got extremely got it got really nerded out when they were talking about like quantum physics mm-hmm. and he was like uh like no there's no way this is a joke and then yeah. uh, Bruce Banner was trying to bring him back. Like the thing about it, what I love about this movie is, is like we already talked about it. Like how the nerds like had a huge, they have like a huge resurgence. Yeah. Like everybody wants to crack jokes on nerds for being smart and having yeah. all these ideas. But like you look at all the movers and shakers, they're mm-hmm. all nerds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> Stan Lee is a nerd. Okay, yeah. and all these other they're nerds, but they're creators of really cool shit. Like Game of Thrones is not like. Some freaking hyper masculine dude did not create Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. You know that's created by a nerd. Oh, one, before I forget, <laughs> one thing they did do was um, I like when movies do this. They kind of dispel yeah. like these theories or ideas, right? So the way that they talked about time travel was different, right? Because they were saying like, no, that's not how it works. Like if you touch something or move something, that doesn't affect how the right. future is. It. Like the future is already going to be what it's going to be. So right. like us changing, I don't know how they explained it. You guys will have to watch it. But like they they took a twist on the way that the normal person uh, thinks about. Yeah, uh, they did dispel it, but they only they basically dispelled it by taking references from movies and yeah. said it's not how this is not Back to the Future or yeah. Bill and Ted's Bogus Adventure or yeah, whatever. Yeah. He's like they said it's not like that, and then they're all confused. Like, wait, it's not like that? He's <laughs> yeah. like, no, it's not like that. And then yeah. the way he explained it still confused them. And the only one that got it was the uh, forgot her face, the bald headed one with the robot head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was the only one that got it, and everybody's uh, like, what? "Nebula, Nebula." Yeah, yeah and uh, he's like, "If you go, if you go back in time and you change this, it's not going to change what already is meant to be changed in the future." And then they were like, <laughs> and he's like "I'm totally not confused by it." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was dope, and I watched the movie with a good crowd, man. Like uh, the people that I watched it with, it's like. When you watch movies like this, you want to have the vibe of the crowd. Like, it was certain things that were going, and everybody would clap. Mm-hmm. You know, or with certain things going, everybody would be like, fuck. You know, it was yeah. dope. 
because yeah. I, I hate watching a movie with noisy people or mm-hmm. people that don't they don't they're not in the culture i guess you could say because yeah you, you these type of movies create fans right yeah. these type of movies create like a subculture yeah you know the people that go to these movies like i guarantee you if you get our old guest that was on here freddie starsky shout out to freddie um then he would know every fucking ounce of this movie mm-hmm. you know uh, but there's some people that are like, oh, it was dope, but like, I didn't get when they did this. It's like, because you didn't watch the movies, motherfucker. That's <laughs> now, yeah. I'm, I'm missing a few myself, but I've been, I'm missing a few of the movies myself, like mm-hmm. the Ant-Man. Like, I haven't finished that, but yeah. it's like, eh, you know? <laughs> yeah. I think those those movies are kind of underrated. I mm. think I, I didn't make it through all of the Wasp movie. Uh-huh. Um, but when I did watch it, I was like, "Man, why didn't I watch this already? Like, this is like, you know, they're they're like they're like he's like the underappreciated character, right? I just think that they they should make him cooler, like right? If, if it was if they had the like the Captain America effect where they yeah. just kind of made him cooler, I think that would do uh, do his character. They did an amazing they did an amazing job of rebranding characters. Yeah, that was yeah 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 yeah. They did an amazing job doing just that. like a. It's like a wrench. Like you're expecting mm-hmm. Thor to come through smashing everything, but he's fat. And I was and through right. the whole movie, I was like, he's gonna get back in shape, or he's gonna like nah. do some sit ups, but he's still fat. <laughs> nah, that was dope. And, yeah. and it's it's like they changed so much. Mm-hmm. But back to the progressive part too. We were talking about like you see uh, a on your left, and then Black Panther comes out. Yeah, and then he got the African people with him and stuff. Like mm-hmm. you got a whole tribe with you. Yeah, you know. And then and then he, then you have uh, 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 what's the other dude's name um, that was with him? The African dude, the big one. Um, I forget his name in the movie. Yeah, because like the white gorilla or whatever, whatever they call. It. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But he had the whole Umbaku. Crew. Umbaku, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because he's as the T'Challa is Black Panther, mm-hmm. and then Mbaku, and then they had everybody with him, yeah, yeah, and then yeah. Doctor Strange or whatever, yeah, Doctor yeah, Strange, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange came through and he had his all this crew with him, the Asian dude, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. The, the chunky Asian, yeah, dude. the big Asian yeah. dude, and then uh, that was just so dope, but it just it was so much diversity, yeah. like Asian, Black, White, yeah. Gay, uh, women, everybody was in the movie because that's a true representation of what the world is. Mm-hmm. You know, there was extremely under there was extremely there were it was extremely under represented uh, over the years because comic books when they first came out, you think of superheroes as just like white men, you yeah. know, like Thor and and, and uh, uh, Captain America and all these guys, mm-hmm. which is cool, you know. But as time progressed, they just start bringing out more characters, yeah, which is is pretty dope. Yeah. Now. I encourage people, this is completely off topic, but it's really not. Uh, what I've noticed, I was talking to Keith about this today, how Latinos are incredibly underrepresented like as superheroes. Like, there ain't hardly none of them. Now, there's a movie coming out called El Chicano. I'm, I'm going to check it out. And I think, uh, I could don't quote me, I think uh, George Lopez is a, a, like a producer. Yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. I know sure, he's in the movie, though. Yeah, I know he's in it. Mm-hmm. But I think when movies like this come out, it's a huge deal because I think it's an all Latino cast, and it's like it it could be like a win for Latinos the same way like Black Panther was for Black people. Yeah. So I think it's if you get a chance, check it out. I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah. Um, just like start getting more people in the fold. I think it's I think it's great for, um, it's just great for the whole creative realm of like comic book characters. Yeah. And movies. Yeah. It would be dope to see. Now, if the movie is trash, then it's trash. 
You know, I'm gonna break some news to you. It already got bad reviews on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. That's wow. the thing too. It's like diversity is cool, but it has to be great. Right. Yeah. Right. I was telling Eddie earlier that the thing that sucks is that um, the past five or so years, um, a Latino or a Mexican, a Mexican like a real Mexican, not Mexican American, has won best director. Or their movies won like you know the best uh, best film at the Oscars. Wow! But there's a lot of those movies have um, white leads. Ah! So you just have like there's extremely talented filmmakers out there from Mexico, or you know that are Latino. They just have to you know start writing stories about themselves, or you know however however it works out however the the business side of it works out they just need to you know start bringing their stories to the forefront and not these like you know because it was like the revenant the guy that did the revenant he was yeah he was a mexican okay and uh the guy that did the shape of water uh he he was a mexican uh director so you know they just have to start making those stories about themselves and you know people will watch it the only people will watch good movies I don't know who was because um, we we recently watched the movie uh, La, ya, uh, La what's it called ya, 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 ya Yarona yeah yeah La La Yarona but um, that's an old like almost like a folk tale or like tall yeah. Mexican tall tale mm-hmm. I don't know who like produced the movie or like who directed it mm-hmm. but I could look into that but there was definitely there was a good there's a definitely uh, a, I almost say it's a huge Latino cast but it was a good amount of yeah, that, that's the thing too. I hate like I hate when they have the a white lead in these um, extremely Hispanic movies. Right, right, right. Like that movie La Llanera or whatever. La Llorona. Yeah, whatever. And then uh, <laughs> <laughs> and the Lowrider movie. That I haven't was, seen that one. I heard. I heard of it though. Yeah, yeah. I watched that one, mm-hmm. and it wasn't that great, unfortunately. Uh-huh. But um, they also had, you know, the white girlfriend in there. She's like, you know. But I just want strictly, like, you know, strictly Hispanic people, strictly right. Latino people. It, and, right. Yeah. Just, just, just for them. You know what I mean? Right. Like, I, right. You know, I'm rooting for them. I know they can tell good stories. It's like, right. Stop throwing these, you know, white main characters in there in their movie. <laughs> try to sell the movie <laughs> that's a lot of mexicans in america bro. <laughs> look this is what keith's basically trying to say is, is it's the same difference as if you see a film like for example it'll be like uh bradley cooper and and uh scarlett johansson and ben stiller and all this and it basically it'll be a movie with all white people and nobody thinks twice about it yeah right and the movie could be great i'll love it keith will love it doesn't matter but we just see this as normal which it is but at the same time when it comes to movies that are Latino, let's have it all Latino. Yeah. Let it all be Latino. We don't need to throw a random white a yeah. girlfriend in there. Just make keep the whole movie Latino. Because yeah. diversity is great, but only in certain like certain situations. Like yeah. in a movie yeah. that's predominantly Latino, you could like make that whole the whole. I think that uh, um, El uh, El Chicano. I think that's all Latino cast though. Yeah. That's what it looks like. Yeah, I think I'm that's sure what um, a white boy in there. Huh? See, I'm sure they'll sprinkle a white guy. In white there. guy comes in, dude. What's going on? This is <laughs> what's crazy. Up, bro? Got tacos? El Ticano, man. <laughs> it's Modelo time. Cinco de Mayo. Tecate. Tecate. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. That, that I think. Um, yeah, I would. I would hope. You know, one day maybe they'll. They'll. I think you just have to. I don't know. I don't know what what the. I'm not into in the business like that. So right. I can't really say what, but I hope that there's some kid at USC or what you know New York uh film school or you know whatever film school across America um Latino kid you know writing the next right one of those movies right let's think about this culturally culturally you're around people that look like you more than not you're more or less diverse out into the world but when you think about your close-knit circle this is for everyone white black Latino you think about your family that's pretty much all Latino you think about black pretty much everybody black you know niggas like i said (laughs) um, white people is pretty much predominantly white and that's who was in our immediate bubble in our lives and i think that representing that in a film there's nothing wrong with that it doesn't mean you're not being diverse because if you look at a lot of films over the years that are predominantly all white nobody questions it but I think we got to start bringing that more to the, for- the forefront with Asian Americans because they're also extremely underrepresented in these films. Yeah. So I would love to see that. They got. They like, just had the um, the uh, crazy, crazy rich, rich Asians. Asians. Yeah. That's a good that one. That was all Asian people in the movie. That's really? how it's supposed to be done. Like, right. You know, you don't need no white girl in the movie. You don't need no white dude. You don't need. You know, you don't need anybody else. White, you can make a movie. About white girl it. pops up. Oh my God! I love fried rice. <laughs> <laughs> Panda Express is amazing. <laughs> and all the Asians just stop and just don't know what to say. They're like, what? Who, yeah. Who invited her? But, you know, that I think that um, those shouldn't be anomalies, you know, right. where these, you know, every once in a while, an Asian movie pops up and it does really well. Right. You know, I <sighs> think the last one before that, you got Crazy Rich Asians. You said like Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. I don't know if that was all Asian, though. Yeah. 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 Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and what's another one? Mulan. But that was an animated movie. Yeah, those are a little bit different. Yeah, that's um, all It's animated. still kind of the same, but it's a little different. What about what animated. about Lilo and Stitch? That was Hawaii. They're Hawaiian. Hawaiian, but they're yeah. brown people. Yeah, they're like Pacific Islanders. Yeah. So it, the theme of it was more or less like Pacific Islander, but it's not actual film. It's animated. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm just trying to think. There's not too many I can name off the top of my head. What? Oh, what, what about the Joy Luck Club? The what? Joy Luck Club. I don't know what that is. Look it up. It's a movie that came out, I think, in the 90s or early 2000s. I think mm-hmm. it's all all Asian. All Asian. Yeah. Um, Fact check me on that, man. Got it. Because, yeah. We need uh, we need the, the stats guy. I mean, yeah, we need the stats guy. We need a nerd, <laughs> we need a nerd that's just listening to us. Like, actually, the molecular system <laughs> said... Uh, <laughs> What's that nerd from The Simpsons? <laughs> like, uh, Homer Simpson, uh, the molecular, uh, <laughs> the cytoplasm. <laughs> it, it was funny is before that guy talks, he's like Homer Simpson. <laughs> that should be killing me, man. They totally. Oh my god. Yeah, the, this is the Joy Luck Club. It's uh, is it is Asian? Yeah. Chinese Americans. Chinese Americans, yeah. yeah. I think it's all Chinese too. Immigrant children, yeah. 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 See, I got a little bit of film history too. Yeah. They're out there, man. We just got to, you know, like I said, I think it the one um what's her name? The the girl from Fast and Furious. 
The butch, uh, the butch girl. The butch one? Uh, Rodriguez? Yeah. What about her? She was the one. She made a statement a while ago. We talked about it before. About the superheroes? Yeah. 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 And basically she said that... Um, that we shouldn't worry about changing the races of these new superheroes or these superheroes. We should right. basically make our own. Right. And she got a little bit of backlash for it. She may have worded it a little bit wrong, but I totally agree with her. Right. I think it's up to whatever culture to make stories about yourself. Right. You know, we if can't you're be black, make stories about black people. That's, right. Um, you know, a lot of the, even a guy like Spike Lee. He, right, he did it his way, his whole career, and then eventually he got paid off with you know he got an Oscar award for the screenplay. Yeah, so and I, you know, like I said, I hope there's some Hispanic kid out there, you know, who wants to make the next you know cool superhero that's definitely you know, from L.A. or whatever, and you know, really, really of that. Definitely, culture. he could try to you know connect those mm-hmm. those cultural dots. Mm-hmm. And he create create this superhero who's also relatable to yeah. that'd be dope. Yeah. That'd be dope. But you can't be like you're like, man, these white people don't let us get characters. Like, no, it's not like that. If you want nobody gonna let you get nothing. No, nah, nobody yeah. let you get anything. You, you can't have to prove thank you that you know your worth, you know, what Ryan Coogler did was he created Fruit Rail Station. There you then go. He revigorated um Black the Rocky Panther. series. The Rocky oh yeah. And then Creed. That was like was hey, it Creed? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then you know they gave him the 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 realms to do uh, the Black Panther movie. Right. And then he knocked it out of the park. So right. Like now he could do pretty much whatever he wants to. Right. And he's young, dude. He's like thirty two, thirty yeah. thirty three. Mm-hmm. Young guy, man. <laughs> yeah. This guy's got it. This guy's got it going, man. But yeah, just to you know, like this in this segment on um, the end game, I guess. Um, one of the the main themes of the movie was like endings right and you know the 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 name was perfect for it because a lot of people died not a lot but a few people died in this movie yeah and if you you know huge main characters died in this movie and it just kind of put the put the um the cherry on top of exactly this this journey um and even captain america he didn't die but he he essentially handed over his you know, he handed over his shield, and you know, yeah. he let, he's basically like he he lived a full life. Yeah, yeah, he, yeah. He he went back into that time machine, and mm-hmm. he was with his wife and dancing, and he got to basically he got to live the life he never got a chance to yeah. live. I'm glad he didn't die because I felt like, um, since you know, I think two other main characters had died at that point, it was cool for him to end like his journey without like I won't call it a cliche but just to end his his journey in in a different way. Right. Yeah, where he, you know, like I said he went back in time, he lived his life. You know, he got to go back and, you know, dance with Peggy and uh pretty sure he hit her from the back one time. I would hope so. You like this captain? Uh-huh. <laughs> you like that captain? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh that was dope. And in in and there was a also a theme of kind of like handing over the baton, right? Where he gave the shield to him. yeah. So um, some of you probably know from like the comic books or like the the different news around surrounding the comics, but um, the newer the newer Avengers are the same characters, but they're different people. Exactly. So the new Thor is a woman. Um, the new Iron Man is uh, I believe it's a black girl. The new the new Captain America's uh, Falcon, and it's a couple other 
different characters that are chain that have changed. Um, yeah, and I think they started to kind of uh, hint at those things. Ah, yeah, true. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. So they basically they mind fucked you. Like they they like you thought this was gonna stay the same. Mm-hmm. We're gonna give Captain America the Thor's hammer on this one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah. That that to me was the highlight of the whole movie mm-hmm. is when fucking uh Captain America took that hammer. I yeah. was like That's the highlight of all the movies to me. Yeah, oh really? Yeah. Cause it's like, damn, y'all could have been just, uh, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh I, no, no. It was another part that was fucking cold mm-hmm. where Iron Man is standing there and he was like, Thor hit me. And Thor hit him with a big ass lightning bolt, and it shot through his chest and hit fucking yeah, Thanos. I yeah. was like, "Damn, yeah. that shit was cold." Yeah, I was like man, this is so dope. It was just, yeah, it was just dope. Like it dope just takes you back. Like it, it just like if, if you could see what everyone really looked like in a the theater, everyone would be like a fucking ten year old. Yeah, I was in there like talk, I was talking. Me and my uh, siblings were in there, and we was just kind of like, that oh my shit God, was dope, dude. Yeah. That was so dope. I think that now this this it's over. <clears throat> However, they could I don't say respawn, but now they could start something new. I really think there's certain characters that they should really key on that would be dope as fuck. Mm. One of them is Gambit. Yeah, if they could pop something off a of Gambit, oh man, that'd be cold. Mm. Gambit and that's really it. I can't really think of anybody else that that has a, would have a significant story because Gambit was from New Orleans. You know, yeah. Gambit so. was he's he's such a like just a cool character. Yeah, exactly. Like, everyone liked Gambit. Um, yeah, I can't think of the the ones that the most popular characters they already they've already like made stuff for. True, um, Wolverine. Yeah, I know they 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 have the rights to Fox now, so hmm. they can really dive into the the X Men characters. Yeah. Um, there's not like they're characters that are cool, but they're not that in depth or like cool. Like Beast is not like someone you want to make movies about. But with that though, I think that they have found a way. I don't know if it's like a little bit of cockiness. It's just like to pull from the not so popular characters. Yeah, like we can make a movie about anybody because mm. a lot of the the Avengers weren't that popular as far as comic book characters. True, but you already had the main characters. So, but they got solo movies though. They have solo movies. Yes. They basically bet it on their brand. Like yeah. Where Marvel and people are going to watch this because exactly. Yeah. But I think it all came together, especially obviously the end game. But yeah, yeah, yeah. They said, look, we've already got this many movies with you know Captain America and these guys, mm-hmm. so let's release Ant Man and, t- and you know toss some shit up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they did that, and yeah. I think they could they could continue to do that, but with something else. I think like. Gambit would be dope. That's the number one. What, what's the other one that's pretty pretty interesting? Is it the the black dude Bishop? That's Bishop. Him? Yeah, I don't know if he would get a solo movie though. I don't know. He could. He was a time traveler. I think that yeah. in itself is something that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I he think was it's an assassin. interesting for like you know the like the the uh, comic book fans. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I just I think he would be like an Ant Man. I think they can make a great movie, but right. just as far as his popularity. True. Yeah. He wasn't. He was just known for killing motherfuckers. Yeah. He wasn't really. You know. Yeah. Yeah. I think Gambit is the only person that I can think of right now that yeah. that would have a uh, like a really cool solo movie. Yeah, because the, the Magneto, I wasn't really. Uh, Magneto to me when I watched Magneto as a kid, he was always like this really strong, like 
you know, he could fuck shit up yeah. with his mind. He was like Professor X except bad, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, oh, you know what? You know who a, mo- a movie dedicated to him that I would really like to see? Juggernaut. Juggernaut would be interesting. Juggernaut would be interesting. I want to know why this motherfucker is so big. I want to know yeah. why he's always so mad, why he has that fucking tin can on his head. <laughs> Mm-hmm. I think that would be extremely interesting to tell his story. And I think yeah. people would really like that. Gambit and Juggernaut. Those are the two movies or the two characters I want to see like flourish and see the entire I don't know series. if they'll make a Juggernaut movie just because he's a he's a villain. Yeah, but that I mean, what's wrong with that? Because they used him in fucking uh and I, I didn't like the way they used him. Um in uh um oh, crap. What the hell is it? Um He's in Deadpool. Deadpool, I yes. I, I don't like it's an interesting concept. I just don't think that they would make a movie strictly about a villain. True. I mean, shit, they could do it with the Joker. Yeah, but he's... Imagine if DC did that shit right now. Do uh, what? A Joker. A movie. They're already doing a Joker movie. Right. Yeah, with Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah, oh, when, when, do you know what it's dropping? Uh, I don't know, but it's called... I think it's called The Joker. But it looks it looks interesting. I saw they have they released like a I don't know if it's a they released a trailer for it, got, and it looks pretty interesting. I have a question. Do you think that DC could? Um, do you think that they can? I won't say replicate, but kind of have the same success as a Marvel. They need the the right infrastructure. I think. Yeah. The thing that we we fail to realize about about uh, Marvel is that it took them a while to figure it out. Right. Right. So you know, you got Stan Lee goes through bankruptcy and all these. They try to get a bunch of TV shows off the ground that don't work, and it's a bunch of stuff. I think that they they try to fast track yeah, a lot of it and yeah. that screwed them over. I don't. They, they to me, they shouldn't try to compete with Marvel. No, they should just realize that um, they have their own lane. Exactly. Like Batman is top two most popular comic books ever. True. And um, you know, if you if you really wanted to make something happen, like you, you have the audience for it. So you don't have to rush anything. You didn't even sure. have, they didn't adjust justice league movie shouldn't have been made. They should have right. just focused on making a good super Superman movie. Yeah. You know, making a good Batman movie. And then like, you know, five years from now, justice right. league. And then the weight would have been like, Oh snap. Like we already know the characters, like the way they, they just kind of sprinkled in uh, the characters that, the end of uh, Batman versus Superman was kind of lame. Yeah, it was. I, I will say this, and this is what I really feel is the biggest down. Like to me, I don't like the way that Bane was represented in the movie. Yeah, Bane is incredibly small. When whenever they you whenever you look at him in comics or even in um, the cartoons, he's huge. He was fucking monstrous, and he had this machine that was like it, it it like put this serum or steroids in his body and he would just get huge. Yeah. And they gave who was it? Was it Tom Hardy or whatever his name was? Yeah. He's just too little, man. Batman. Batman. <laughs> Where you get that voice from? Are you gonna put something in my butt? <laughs> and in the cartoon, he broke Batman, but it was more convincing in the cartoon because he was huge. Yeah. But in this one it's just like mm. what? Yeah, you know, I, I I'm rooting for DC. I, I think am that too. They they the thing that Marvel did, which was genius, was they 
allowed a lot of independent filmmakers to take over their movies. Right. So like the guys that did the guy that did um the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. He was a guy that came straight from doing a bunch of indie movies. You know right. I mean? That gave Ryan Coogler obviously he did uh Creed, but I'm sure they started talking to him, you know, shortly after Fruitvale Station. Right. They were seeing that, you know, he can they're they're hiring people that the one way a person described it to me um was that these people that do these independent movies with $5 million, they they know how to work $5 million to make a movie go. that $5 million actually look like it's worth $10 million. Oh, wow. So um, you give that to a person, you know, a person that's also also very cheap. So when you're hiring it, you could spend a lot more money on the budget and the special effects and stuff versus paying a director $20 million to, you know, direct a movie and you get right. into the budget. So it's got this fancy CGI. And yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The, the, just everything else is fucked. Yeah. I hate so, that. Yeah, I think that's that. And that's the best way to let uh, an audience know that you know how to tell a story. Right. Because if it's a, there's a lot of like Michael Bay, he's, you know, he, he did the Transformers. Yeah. He's doing like Bad Boy and stuff like that. Is he, but who does John Wick? John, I don't know the director. I can't remember who John that. Wick is. Yeah. But, um, but you know, a guy like Michael Bay, I don't think he knows how to tell like a small story. Right. Like a lot of it is just like explosions and, you know, camera pans and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if he, he knows how to have those intimate moments that um, are extremely important in a movie. Like, mm. I don't think he would have been able to make Endgame because, mm. like, he would have tried to make, like, longer fight scenes and, like, more, like, more, more explosions and, yeah. you know, stuff like that. Yeah. But, you know, certain guys <clears throat> like the Russo brothers are the directors of, of the Endgame and, you know, they come from a small movie world. Right. Know, they directed TV shows. They directed uh, the community. Yeah. So, you know, they, they know how works. to... They, they understand, like, character, you know, so... Yeah. yeah. Like, the Quentin Tarantino's a lot of gore. Mm-hmm. But of- even, he, he, you know, as much as him is, like, a lot of, like, you know, people getting their heads blown off, yeah. he understands how to make a story. Like, he's one of the best filmmakers, you know, to this. Quentin Tarantino. For the yeah. movies that he makes, I would say so. I, yeah. I've, I remember... um uh, he's he's done Kill Bill. He's done uh, Dust Till Dawn. He's done mm-hmm. uh, Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction. Um, the Hateful Eight. Uh-huh. Um, uh huh. Django. Oh, he did Django. That's right. Yeah. And then he did that one where the fucking oh fuck where they're chopping off arms and shit. It's like, well, that's every fucking movie. He makes. <laughs> <laughs> but it's damn it, it's another one. Right, uh, it's, it's not Crouching Tiger. No, it's not. No, he's doing. He, um, it's, it's like a, almost like a karate film, almost. Sword. Kill Bill. It's got to be Kill Bill. Then, yeah, yeah. It's got. It's the only one I could think of. But there's, I think there's one. More. He only has a. He only. He hasn't made too many movies, and he writes all of his own movies. So yeah. But objectively, I'm not like. Um, I haven't seen every Quentin Tarantino movie, what but about, objectively, he's what like. What about Country? Filmmaker. No Country for Old Men. Is that him too? No, I don't that's not him. Made that movie. Fuck. He's that? only he's he's literally only made like six or seven movies. Oh wow! Yeah. Hmm. Well, um, we definitely got off topic. Oh, we Reservoir kind of stayed Dogs. Up. Reservoir Dogs. Yeah. Huh. We definitely got off topic, but we didn't yeah. really get off topic. It's all about yeah. films. I know we kind of nerded out for a minute, but hey, you're still with us, right? Are you awake? Are you yeah. awake? All right, let's move on to the next topic. Um, Welcome to a filmmaker's mind podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's your boy K Things. K Things. <laughs> 
All right. Um, John Singleton just recently passed. And for all those who are not sure who he was, he um, he uh, did was he created movies such as uh, Boys in the Hood. What's another? Yeah, one? that's his most famous movie. Yeah, probably. Boys in the Hood. Boys Fast in the Two. Hood. Yeah, Too Fast, Too Furious. He did Baby Boy. Baby Boy. Uh, Poetic Justice. Poetic Justice. Yeah. I think he directed uh, Remember the Time. Yeah. By Michael Jackson. And he was the executive producer on Snowfall. Snowfall. An amazing show on FX. Um, so brilliant mind, you know what I mean? And also a black filmmaker, one of the, the people that paved the way for a guy like Ryan Coogler. Right. Know? So... Um, yeah, a guy like Keith Fingers. Yeah, yeah. A guy yeah. who was an aspiring uh, uh, director, producer, writer, actor, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, me, I, I'm not in that world. However, I think that guys like John Singleton and Ryan Coogler are a reminder of, you know, how much, although it, there may not be a lot of representation with a lot of black filmmakers, um, it's good to see someone like a John Singleton. Yeah. Um, and his passing um, just reminds you of how much, you know, how good his body of work was. Yeah. So he'd definitely be missed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's, um, I just, maybe a couple months ago, I watched the documentary on the making of Boys in the Hood. Oh, wow. It was just interesting how the movie came together. He had recently, I think he recently finished film school at USC. And then he kind of went straight into getting that movie made. And, you know, it was just, it was dope. Like, the the movie was made in the early 90s. Yeah. yeah. Probably like late, late 80s, early 90s. Yeah. And he was, the way he thought then was, you know, something that, you know, we're barely kind of seeing today. And he wanted diversity on the set. He said he's hiring all, you know, all black people behind the cameras. And, you know, the producer, not the producer, the producer was a white guy, I think. But, you know, the the cinematographers and, you know, the, the, the cameramans and, you know, all these, you know, the PAs on the set and all these um, different people. He just he wanted him to be to represent him and represent the movie that they were making. So, yeah, it was about the culture. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. It, it That movie told the realities of. You know, the areas that, you know, a lot of people just hear about on the news, you know, just be like, oh, so-and-so got shot in South Central L.A. or in Crenshaw. And, you know, a lot of times people are reduced to being a, you know, a story on the news instead of actually having their story told. He told a story of a young athlete who was going to get a full ride scholarship who was gunned down. Like these are real things that happen in just in the world. And I Mm -hmm. think that he did a great job of telling those stories. Mm -hmm. Um uh, also, there was a couple things in there that little, like little seeds that were like planted, or like there was a part where Ice Cube was like, either they don't know, don't show, or don't give a fuck about what's going on in the hood. Yeah, you know, they, my brother wasn't even on the news. You know, iconic lines, iconic lines, yeah. and and like when you could pick up on that, especially as a black man, there's like a there's like a sentiment, like a sentimental value, I guess you can say. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was that, that those type of movies were great that menace to society like these movies told the reality of what's going on yeah in the hood or just in black culture that yeah. a lot of people just kind of just gloss over yeah they just they just look at like they look at a rapper with a gold chain and think that just like oh yeah black people love gold chains you know yeah yeah <laughs> one, one thing that john singleton um i think subconsciously i've 
probably always been inspired by the work that he put out. But right. he he was a person that he was prop like a GM almost like a GM you know right. on a sports team where he could say like oh Steph Curry is you know this little small kid out of Davis you know and he shoots really good but he turns the ball over a lot and he's not very athletic but we're gonna take him at number six. There you go. He's that guy where he's like, okay, Ice Cube, you're a rapper. You know how to tell stories. All right, let's go. Come be in this movie. Right. Or like uh, Lawrence Fishburne, you've only been in these weird, quirky comedies, but you're going to play a serious role, and you're going to be a father even though you're only like 28. Right. You know, so, um, you know, and all the, just the way he selected the cast was um, right. was amazing. And, he, you know, he really... He, you know, if you look back at the the cast of that movie and just to see where their careers had went, that was that's you know, dope. pretty much all. You know, him and his casting director. That's all. You know, they're doing. Yeah, and there was and then the, and the actors in this movie were definitely high quality actors. They weren't like some typecasted. Yeah, the only one that was remotely typecasted was like Ice Cube. Yeah, everyone else, no. Like, um, um, Lawrence Fishburne, obviously not typecasted at yeah. all. Yeah. Um. Uh, 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 oh my goodness, dang it. Um, uh, I'm forgetting his name. Which one? Uh, Morris Chestnut, not Morris Chestnut. He's also not typecasted, he's been in a lot of Cuba films, Gooding a lot of black Jr. movies. Yeah, Cuba Gooding Jr., not typecasted, yeah. great actor, been in tons of movies, radio, and all yeah. kind of um, already great actors. And mm-hmm. and you see where their careers went after that, which yeah. is a representation of you know John Singleton's vision, yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um. Now, I man, I would love to see not a not so much a sequel, but a movie for the culture like that again. Mm-hmm. Like they don't movie when that movie came out, everybody was seeing that. Yeah. Everybody it was it was packed. Yeah. It was all over the news. It was a big deal when it came out. Yeah, that it actually I think it premiered at Cannes uh, Film Festival in uh, in France or oh wow. I think it's over there somewhere in Europe. Um, and they were saying like they got a standing ovation when the movie went off. That's dope. Yeah, and then it was all in the newspaper, and then and then they brought it to the states, and uh, you know it hit the theaters, and you know everybody <coughs> went to go see it. So yeah, great movie, man. Yeah. Movies like they had straight movies for the culture back in the day. They don't got they don't have those anymore. Yeah, uh, Boys in the Hood, uh, Minister Society, Poetic Justice. Them was all movies for the culture back then. Yeah. You know, and everybody liked them. Not just black people, but a lot of people that watch that those movies, even to this day, they like them just mm-hmm. because you know the certain realities they tell. Not only in a black community, just in culture in general. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, great storytelling, mm-hmm. um, and just I don't know. Ice Cube was a motherfucker in that movie, though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, was one part in the movie that was hilarious. He was like. Who you calling a bitch? You, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Even the kids, like yeah. just the kid, you know, the kids like want to see a dead body. Right. Yeah. These are the realities you'll see like in the hood. Like you it'll be a little kid say, "You want to see a dead body?" Like kids will never have that type of reality in other other, you know, other yeah. neighborhoods. Yeah. Outside of the hood, but they over there seeing dead bodies. Like my dad told me when he was a little kid, they seen a dead body in the park just dead, laid out. Yeah. And they seen it multiple times. Yeah, this is the type of shit you see in like Chicago, or you know, as you live in, in L.A. and in Compton, Crenshaw. All those you just see dead bodies all over the place. It's a, it's like that this idea of uh, normalizing traumatic experiences, right? 
Right. That, that's not okay. A kid, a kid five years old should not be walking to school saying it. No, body. not at all. It's not okay. But to to find a way to express that in a film mm-hmm. is gold. Yeah. Like these. This is how some people are living. Yeah. You know. Yeah. And and this should be represented in film. Mm-hmm. That's real. Yeah. So rest in peace to John yeah. Singleton. Rest in man. peace, John Singleton. One of the greats. Yeah. All right. Uh, moving on. Joint Facebook accounts. Mm-hmm. You know, I never understood a joint Facebook account. Because here's my thing. If I'm married, in a relationship, whatever the case, right? And let's say, for example, my wife is on Facebook more than I am, and I'm hardly not on there. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't want to fuck with Facebook. And she's like, you don't want to be on mine? I'm just like, no. Yeah. Like, just create yours. I'll delete mine. I'm not on it. Because there's a thing called trust that people should have. Yeah. And if I'm married to my wife, I trust my wife. Yeah. So she could do what she wants. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. But the joint Facebook accounts scream, I don't trust my significant <laughs> other. You know, when I see Bobby and Bobby and Jessica, Jessica Baker, I'm like, <laughs> dude, you guys have a, like, I don't know who the fuck's commenting on my post. Yeah. Is it fucking James or is it yeah. Susan? Who yeah. the fuck is commenting on my yeah. shit? Yeah, yeah, true. There's no point for you to be in there. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no point for you to have a joint Facebook account. That's yeah. just, that's ridiculous. Like, yeah. we share a life already. I need some elements of my life to be mine, okay? Mm-hmm. I don't want a joint. And the thing about it is most married people have a joint bank account. They have a joint gym membership. You live, you sleep in the same fucking bed. You sleep in the same house or you live in the same house. It's like, dude, I need some shit to myself. Mm-hmm. And for you to have a fucking joint Facebook account, how dare you? <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you, man? <laughs> The only joint I care about is the weed. (laughs) (laughs) But it is, I think, um, you know, there's all these, like, uh, reasons that you brought up. Right. But just aesthetically, the joint Facebook account looks stupid. Yeah, it does. Like, having, like, John and Mary, whatever, Facebook, is just stupid. And then having your picture, both of you. Both of you in there, it just it just looks terrible. Yeah, yeah, and like you said, like you don't really know who's commenting on what. Right. It's it's just like it, you, I don't know. What it tells me is somebody fucked up. That's what it tells me. It tells me one of you guys fucked somebody, or one of you guys got busted being thirsty, or something happened. Yeah. And now, in order to restrict that, you did that. But let's be clear, right? Let's say, for example, your significant other does something thirsty. Let's say you busted them in somebody's DMs or whatever the case. That's some shit you handle personally. And if you can't work it out, then y'all need to split up. But you don't need to be having somebody like having their social media under control because that means you don't trust them. If you allow something like social media to ruin your relationship, that means your relationship was fucked from the start. Mm-hmm. That means it was fucked. Like if 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 I have a woman that I truly care about, I'm going to be transparent with her. Like, hey, this is this. This is your shit, you know, and I'm going to trust her until she gives me no reason to trust her. And then when I don't trust you, then I can't fuck with you no more. Yeah. But to tell her like, nah, babe, I can't. I don't really you know, I don't think this is the right time. We need to get a joint Facebook account. You know, fuck that. It does always seem like the promiscuous girl or boy always ends up with the joint Facebook. Account. Right. Like, you know, something happened there. Yeah, you know, something happened. Somebody slid in them DMs first and they slid in them draws. Mm. <laughs> That's how it always goes, man. The joint <laughs> Facebook account shit is just garbage. I, 
It's terrible, especially like as a single guy looking at it. I'm just laughing because I'm thinking to myself, you people have the nerve to be in relationships or you have the nerve to be married. You should you should just be single. Yeah. You know, how do you sleep at night? Yeah. Like, come on, man. That's that's ridiculous. Yeah. And I've seen it. One of my cousins, I'm not going to say any names, but he has a joint Facebook account with his wife. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, oh, I think it was you that fucked up. <laughs> I think it was you that fucked up, man. You, yeah. you did something. And he kind of he kind of strike me as a thirsty type. <laughs> I've seen him fucking harden pictures. Here's another thing. You should not be, if you're a married man, take this advice. I don't like giving out a bunch of advice, but take this. If you are a married man or you are in a relationship, stop hardening pictures of half-naked holes on the internet. <laughs> holes that you might know in your area. <laughs> <laughs> like don't do that bro Like if a chick is showing her ass And she lives Like if it's a chick on the internet Like a swimsuit model or some shit And you harden that Whatever dude Do you But if it's a girl that is like Like this is something you know that these people This is like a tangible situation mm-hmm. Then you you wrong bro How yeah. would you like it If your girl was liking pictures of dudes With their shirts off And they dick, they dick print showing <laughs> And your girl hitting a heart button On the dick print <laughs> picture <laughs> I'll be like, yo, who the fuck did I marry? Yeah. But dudes be doing this thirsty shit, and then that girl give them a fucking joint Facebook account. Yeah. And it's like, nah, man, you, you should you should not even put yourself in that position. Yeah, social media is not that important. No. To, for you to have a joint Facebook account. Fuck no. Yeah. That's just delete your account, my brother. Yeah, delete it. If you can't control yourself, just d- delete your shit, man. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. Moving on. The stigma on people who use food stamps. Let's be clear. Whenever the the topic of food stamps is brought up, it's always like, man, these fucking freeloaders, I pay my taxes, and all they want to do is abuse the system and all of this. Let Let me educate you people who have never used food stamps before in your life. Everyone that is on food stamps are not abusing the system. A lot of them are just like you. And there are situations that happen. The breadwinner of the family, the father, or let's say the dad was a breadwinner and he passed away. And the mother is trying to pick up the pieces and take care of her family. She needs food stamps. And I hope she gets them. And I hope she gets the maximum amount so she can take care of her family. You're talking like me. I'm not just talking. There was a time when my dad was down on his luck and my mom wasn't working. And we got food stamps. And without those food stamps, I would have not ate. Okay. I didn't grow up to be some bum that asked people for shit. I'm a hardworking man. I work for my money. Yeah. But if it wasn't for food stamps, I would have not ate. So the whole stigma against it, like, oh, these guys, they're just abusing the system, and I pay my taxes. They need to get a job. Well, motherfucker, you know that there ain't that many jobs out there, right? Yeah. And the jobs that are out there are a lot of them are bullshit jobs. They're not great jobs. These people, a lot of these people are trying. Yeah. I had this, I was talking to this girl. And I was I, the thought just dawned on me during the conversation. Right. I was like, America is not set up for everyone to have money. No. There's like where the fact that we have to like struggle to get a limited number of jobs. Right. Like we have to turn in a resume and we have to do an interview and there's this like vetting process. Right. It's like, you know, and only a small percentage of these people are going to get the job. Exactly. You know, that That's crazy to me. Yeah. But yeah, like you said, man, the the food stamp thing there's there's a stigma that you know, that's for people that don't want to work, people that, you know, just want to lay up all day, but 
a lot of the people I know people that have college degrees and they're working at jobs that they have uh like jobs that they got because of their degree. Yeah. And they're still on food stamps. Right. There were some sheriffs that were on it. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Because they the hours that got cut bad years ago. Yeah. You talk about a sheriff, a person that's supposed to uh, uh, protect and serve and they're getting fucking food stamps. Yeah. That is disgusting. That's crazy. It's dude. sad. Yeah. You know, and I, I'm not like, oh, the food, the sheriff shouldn't be getting. But it's the truth. There were mm-hmm. some sheriffs that were eligible. For, it was all in the news. They were eligible yeah. for food stamps. Yeah. I don't it, think. Uh, yeah. It, it's, but you, you, you mentioned earlier, like you wouldn't have ate. And that, that's the case with a lot of people. Um, right. There's literally like you need food to survive. Exactly. And if your parents or whomever don't make enough money for to you know to be able to pay the bills and afford food a lot of people would literally die right you know malnutrition and you know right there's you know there's a lot of people even kids that you know that i probably work with they i see them taking extra snacks or maybe like putting food in their backpack yeah but this is because they don't have any food at home exactly and then it's even worse for like there's there's obviously this stigma associated with it, but it's even worse for those people that are too rich to get food stamps or uh, to right. be able to afford food. There are some people that work full time jobs, but they make too much money to get food stamps. So they struggle and they got like a couple packs of bologna and ramen noodles in their house. And they can't really properly, you know, nourish their children mm-hmm. because they make too much to get food stamps. Mm-hmm. And it's like it's fucked up because there are there's the working class people who don't even have food. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's just it's just a clusterfuck when you yeah. when, when you talk about the, the topic of food stamps. And then you got and I don't want to like my th- I don't want to get political, but I heard some conservatives say. We need to do away with the whole welfare system. It's killing us. It's doing this. It's doing that. And, um, you know, the food stamps, we're paying money for this and blah, blah, blah. We need to rely like we used to rely on the churches to do this. And I'm like, hold on a minute. So you mean to tell me that you are relying on a wish? That's Mm -hmm. a fucking wish. Mm -hmm. You're wishing that churches donate and step forward to give people food. They don't always have to do that. You know that, right? So this whole idea that it was a couple of conservatives that had this idea. You can't rely on churches to feed all these people that we can't even we can't even clamp down on homelessness in America. How the fuck are we going to fix the food problem? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, I think that that the system in place is good for people who actually need it. If someone needs food stamps, I hope they get it, and I hope they can take care of their families. There was a time where I got I got let go from a job. It was years and years ago. They got laid off, actually. And I had a little bit of money. I had some money saved up, not a whole bunch. Um, and it, I was facing the inevitable. I had money, but money going out and no money coming in, you're facing a certain doom, right? Yeah. So yes. I applied for food stamps. I was turned away and told that I made too much money. I said, I don't have any income coming in right now. And they said, um, well, do you have a car? I was like, yeah. Do you have a, a house? I said, yeah. They said, you're, you're not eligible. And I was like, what in the fuck? Yeah. You know, and I needed it and I was turned away. Mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. this is like 2009, I believe it was. Yeah, 2008, nine. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God. And I was, I mean, I was a kid. It was way before I started driving trucks. Yeah. Um, and it's just crazy how the system is, but at the same time that if there's people like single mothers or people that need it, I really hope they get it. That's just my opinion. Yeah. I don't mind. I don't mind those taxes coming out of my paycheck. I hope yeah. that the money that, that comes that is extracted from my paycheck goes to people who need it. Yeah. For and, and, and it's uh it's a little bit of a like a stimulus package for some people. Right. You know what I mean? It gets you it gets you by just long enough to you to where you could get back on your feet. Oh yeah. Because the way the way that they do it, they they make sure that um you're ver- verifying your job. There you go. So often they're making sure like you know there's no changes to your living situation. There you go. Um because you know, I think a lot of people obviously free anything is just amazing for anybody. So right. you know, we would all like something free. But I think a lot of people um are striving to get out of those situations whether they make it or not is you know different but i think i don't think um the majority of them want to be in these situations right this is what kills me right you'll see you'll hear somebody that's like in the top one percent they say like they need to get jobs they need to get jobs they go flip a burger or something right but that same person will go to that same burger place and disrespect the person that's making their food yeah so you just overall don't have a respect for people who make less money. Me, or they may own a company where the majority of their employees are on welfare. Right. Yeah, the majority of and that's crazy. Like you you could be in the top 1%, but instead of making sure your employees make a livable wage, you are basically keeping them at that low level so now they're eligible for some of the aid from the government. Yeah. And it's like, look, man, at the end of the day, I've been poor. Okay, I know how it feels to be poor. I know how it feels to not have food. I know how it feels to uh, be in a situation where, you know, your parents got to choose between feeding you or paying bills. I've been in that situation. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I know. Mm -hmm. And it's like when you have not ever been on food stamps, you really need to watch what you say. Yeah, because you you're lucky you're lucky that you've been fortunate enough to live a life where you haven't needed any you know government assistance or you haven't needed to get a, a food basket. Yeah. Like it's embarrassing, you know, as a oh. kid, it's embarrassing when you got to go up and get a basket of food from like a church because you know your family ain't got much to eat. Yeah, you know, so if you ain't got one of those baskets with that generic ass food in it that's fucking dry and some of it is old and mm-hmm. you're eating it. Trust me. That's why everything that I have now, not make it like I'm rich, but everything I have now, I'm extremely blessed because I have been without a lot. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I've used food stamps, the book ones too, the ones that came in the book. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys remember that, but. Yeah. I remember uh, definitely using those food stamps to go to the little liquor store. Yeah. yeah. They, they look like dollars, except n- not like dollars at the same time. They look like a big fucking postage stamp. Yeah, it's that's really embarrassing, man. I've never been. Um, my parent, my mom, her family, her all of her siblings. They used to have to walk to the store, right, and then pull out the booklet like with the list of groceries. 
I never had to do that because my mom always did the grocery shopping. Right. But um, but they used to have to do that and then, you know, pull out the booklet and then they counting all the money in front of and then the people behind you was oh, looking at you. Oh, man. Like, yeah. And people immediately judge you when they see that food stamp card or the fucking. Yeah. Now it's the card. Back when I was a kid, they had this actual booklet. Yeah. And you would be embarrassed looking around to see. And it's like, and it's like, man, like. At the end of the day, somebody should not judge you just based on you having food. If somebody judges you just for having a food stamp card or food stamps, then that's not good. Yeah. That's bad. I, I hope one day some of these stigmas go away. Right. Like like the non-name brand shoes and clothes. Right. And people just stop caring about that uh, and stuff like right. that. Right. All that shit doesn't fucking matter, man. Yeah. Because right now, like especially the whole clothes things, I could buy what I want. I'm not out here buying Balenciagas and shit. <laughs> fucking Gucci. That ain't, that ain't my thing. <laughs> but I could buy what I want. I could go. And, and having the power to do things, especially when you start to make more, I, I could go buy a couple pairs of shoes. I could go buy this and that. Like I could do that, but here's the thing. I got the same raggedy pair of work boots that I've had for fucking two years. Yeah. I, speaking of that, I need to buy some new work boots, man. My, <laughs> my work boots look like somebody like crapped on them. Oh it, wow! Yeah, they look like somebody fucking defecated all over. <laughs> if nobody knows what defecate means, it means to shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's my take. Yeah, man, I agree. I think if you, I'm sure the majority of our listeners probably haven't been on uh, any sort of welfare, but mm. you know, just. Just we don't know that. We don't know that, but I'm just assuming, like <laughs> you know, that most of them haven't been on welfare. Yeah. So, um, just know that it's 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 one of those things where it's a necessity because if there wasn't such a thing as uh, food stamps, then the majority of these people would, you know, it would probably be a lot more crime than it already is. People would have to find ways and means of, uh, you know, getting food. True. And, you know, there'll be a lot of starving kids, malnutrition kids. You know, the the thing that food stamps allows, it, it allows for kids to focus on being a kid. There you go. Yeah. Because, you know, if you, you, you got cereal when you wake up in the morning, you can go to school, you, you get your free lunch at school, and then you come home and you're able to eat dinner. If... You know, if you don't have breakfast in the morning and then you're only eating lunch at school and then you come home, you know, you may, you know, your mind starts to wonder. Right. You go to the little liquor store and, you know, try to steal whatever you could get your hands on. And then it's just a cycle. You end up, right. you know, you end up getting caught up. You know, the the store owner calls the freaking police on you. you right. Going to some sort of juvenile hall, and then you know it's all bad from there. So right, this this shit is all. It's just a unfortunate cycle. Mm-hmm. All right, moving on. Uh, the stigma on homeless people. Yeah. What I find too often is that we judge every fucking homeless person that we come across. Yeah. We gotta understand that a homeless person is a human being. Mm-hmm. We need to be. We need to treat them with dignity. And, and I mean. My thing is, is especially the mental health aspect of it. When I see a homeless person like talking to themselves, like this one dude was like yelling, like oh, like oh, like doing all this stuff in traffic, and I looked at him, and I'm at the age, especially, I looked at him, seeing him doing that, and I didn't laugh. I did not laugh one ounce. You know why? It's because I was like, that's somebody's dad, probably. That's somebody's uncle. That's somebody's friend. That's somebody's brother. You know, and. 
I was able to put that together immediately. Mm-hmm. But I look to my left, they are fucking busting up laughing, and their kids are in the back seat. So you got to realize, you're laughing at someone, yelling and screaming, talking to themselves in front of your kids. Now you've, you've developed a generation of kids who also don't give a fuck about homeless people. Mm-hmm. You got to be careful, parents, of what you're doing. Because you you talk about oh my kids are great they're great people and you know I I I'm a good parent are you sure you're a good parent because some of the, a lot of the homophobic shit that you say your kids pick up on it a lot of the racist shit you say your parents pick up your kids pick up on it a lot of the way that you dehumanize homeless people and treat them like dirt kids pick up on it you call them bums you tell them get a job your kids see that shit okay so I just want everyone to know. That when you see a homeless person doing something wild, if you don't have any way to help that person, don't say anything about them. Yeah. Don't say anything about them. Um, pray for them. You know, pray for them. Because a lot of every homeless person doesn't have the same story. You know, there are some homeless people that have lost more than you have ever fucking had. Mm-hmm. There are people who were, um, were hot shots on Wall Street and the crash happened in the 80s. And they've been poor and suicidal ever since and mentally just mentally just deranged, like this mentally unstable and possibly on drugs or alcoholic. Mm-hmm. And you've reduced them to a subhuman being. And that's not right. And I think we need to do a better job as a society. And some people talk about I support our troops. And, you know, I'm you know American. I support our troops. Well, the same dude that you seen on the corner that you treated like dirt, he was in Vietnam, but you wouldn't give a fuck about that because you just looked at him and treated him like a piece of dirt. So you need to watch who the fuck you need to watch what you're doing and how you're acting. That it, that plays a huge role. For me, I I think um, of homelessness as like this parallel universe, right? Where in order for me to have a job. And in order for me to make some sort of money, there has to be someone that is not right. money. Yeah. Same so, thing with life and death. Yeah. So um, kind of like I talked about before, like um, in order for there to be rich people, there has to be poor people. You know, in order for someone like Bill Gates to exist, there has to be someone that can't afford to, you know, find, get a dollar burger at McDonald's or there something you go. like that. So um, it, it's just... It's just the way that America is set up. It's set up that <clears throat> set up so that there's there's obviously they're they're printing money and you know inflation is going up. But if you think of it as just a set amount of money that's sitting in the world, um, and then there's one percent of people that own the majority of that money, it's like you know millions and millions of people fighting over a small amount of money. Right. Yeah. So in order for us to be that way, it's like somebody's going to get the short end of the stick. Right. But, you know, like there 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 definitely is a, you know, stigma associated with being homeless. I think that a lot of people like you said would say just get a job or, you know, why can't you, you know, just get a job. And there are some people that that um can get a job. There's some people that chose to live a certain lifestyle just because they don't want to work or whatever. But I believe that the majority of those people really do suffer from some sort of mental illness, you know, some sort of trauma associated with whatever lifestyle they chose or, or drugs or whatever. A lot of it is drugs too. Like, you know, drugs can lead you to do 
the wildest things. Yeah. And they're and they're taking the same drugs that a person that maybe like a CEO is taking, but mm-hmm. because they're poverty stricken already, like they're just, you know, going down a, a rabbit hole of Right. You know. No, that was a great point, though. Actually, the the, the drugs thing. Like, you could be a guy that's a a CEO of a major company, like you know, like Merrill Lynch, mm-hmm. and you're just snorting coke, but you're doing work, and you're snorting coke, and you're doing work. But there's a guy that's snorting coke, and he's broke as fuck, and yeah. he's doing odd things to get more coke. Instead, mm-hmm. and you basically are an active drug user, but yeah. you've maintained this lifestyle. Mm-hmm. What do they call it? A functional addict is yeah. what they call it. Mm-hmm. But you're, but when you're a person that's on the streets, you're not really even functional. You're just living. That's it. Yeah, you're yeah, not even yeah, functioning yeah. anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. just alive. You're just a vessel that is addicted to mm-hmm. a drug, but not really doing anything to push you forward. Yeah. So yeah, I never thought of it that way. Drug abuse, uh, drug abuse with people that are in poverty versus people who are the, in the top 1% is a whole hell of a lot different. A guy like the the Wolf of Wall Street. Right. Take someone like him. He done every drug under the sun. Right. Um, but he's still able to be successful. Yeah. You know what I mean? And there's someone that was probably working a regular job. They may have got fired. Yeah. Um, which led them to abuse drugs even more. Yeah. And then, you know, if they don't got any. And a lot of it, too, is... I think a lot of us need everyone needs someone else to to be able to survive. You know, they say like, you know, it takes a village to raise someone. Right. Um I think it takes a village to survive in general, like unless you're, you know, like those 1% of people that are, you know, don't don't need to lean on anybody. They're the person that people lean on. So, um it could be a situation where like you say you lose your job and then you don't even have family in Bakersfield or mm. wherever. And then it's like you start living in your car for a minute, your car gets towed, and then, you know, the pressures of the world, you know, get on you. Because I, I know people, like, I know a person personally that's dealing with, like, alcohol addiction, and he doesn't have anything to his name. The only reason he's able to have a roof over his head is because, like you said, there's a village. There's people right. that actually care for him. But if there was no one that cared for him, he would literally be homeless right walking around you know trying to fix his uh get his fix of you know whatever addiction he has and you know he wouldn't be any different from you know one of the people out there asking for change or collecting bottles or whatever right and i also noticed drug use is glorified amongst the top one percent versus a person in poverty because a person in the top one percent is is doing coke but he's not being frowned upon for doing it he's snorting coke off of chicks vaginas and off their ass yeah like i watched a movie with a uh, uh, motley crew on a uh, netflix mm-hmm. and it was showing like them and, and and they were like on set while they were making it they wanted to make it as you know as real as possible mm-hmm. and there was videos of them snorting coke while they was fucking the chick from the back and fucking uh doing uh doing heroin and all this stuff, but they was making music. And even people that knew they were on drugs, they were like, these guys are fucking awesome. Yeah. But what, what's the last time you looked at a homeless person doing meth and was like, yeah, do meth, bro? Like, yeah. nobody's doing that. Yeah. So it's just, it's just these are, like, like you mentioned, it's, it's a parallel universe, but they're 
at the same time, on the end of each one of those is just a dramatic difference. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot, man. Mm-hmm. Um, all I urge people to do is 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 start to look at homeless people as human beings from now yeah. on. Yeah, you know, um, and just don't have any too many preconceived notions. Mm-hmm. You see a homeless per- person walking up, it doesn't mean they want to harm you. It doesn't mean you should take them lightly either. Yeah, but that's g- in general. Yeah, because it doesn't matter who it is. I've seen like, you know, pretty or attractive women coming up near me behind me. And I'm like, hey, what you doing back there? Yeah. You know, (laughs) but don't have this preconceived idea that they're dirty people that want to harm me and ask me for change. I think that one thing that we also have to realize is that it's hard work to survive. Right. We all go to work every day and we clock in and, you know, we work for however many hours, clock out and. You know, handle business at home, whether it's taking care of kids or, right. you know, tending to your family, whatever the case may be. Exactly. Um, knowing that it's it's also hard to survive when you're homeless. Like oh, I seen my God. A guy, I was walking out of out of the school the other day and a guy was digging through the trash and I assumed that he was looking for like bottles or something to mm-hmm. you know, go to the recycling place. But that's not even like that wasn't even really what he was looking for. He was looking for actual food. Oh my like, god! Like I seen him. Um, I walked past and I was like, "Hey, bro, there's." It was two of them. I was like, "Hey, there's this, there's a bottle in this bag if you want it." And I put the bottle. Uh, I put the bag in the trash and then he dug in there and he got the bottle out. Um, but they didn't even really have bottles on them. They had. Um, I don't know. He had like a carton and some other stuff uh, attached to his bike. But when I looked over, he had. A whole bunch of cartons. I was like, "What do you have? Like, why is it like? Is he doing an art project or what is the deal with these cartons?" Um, they were like, "Oh, they were like milk cartons." And I was like, "Oh snap! These are these are the chocolate milks that were left over from the school." Mm-hmm. And they had like all kind of cheese and stuff on it. I was like, "Oh snap! Like he's gonna drink these." Oh, and um, so that was you know that kind of dawned on me that although these people are homeless and people deem them as lazy and they they gave up on life it takes a certain amount of um hard work or whatever you would you know that same pressure that that's on you to go to work every day or that same pressure that's on you to wake up and right. take care of your kids or whatever that's the same pressure that they have to find a meal every day right it, it, it's it's kind of like what dame said dame he's lillard. like this D- D- yeah dame lillard he said um basically he said basketball is not pressure like i don't find pressure in you know, being down two with, you know, five seconds on the clock and we need to, you know, we need a three-pointer to win or whatever, that's not pressure to me. Pressure right. is, you know, trying to find your next meal or something like this that. This is what Damian Lillard said verbatim. He said, pressure? Nah, fam. This is just playing ball. Pressure is next. Pressure is the homeless man who doesn't know where their next meal is coming from. Pressure is the single mom who is trying to scuffle to pay her rent. We get paid a lot of money to play a game. Don't get me wrong. There are challenges. But to call it pressure is almost an insult to regular people. That made me an instant fan of Damian Lillard. But I already liked him before. Mm-hmm. But this is a guy who literally got robbed at gunpoint as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, at, he got robbed at gunpoint. I got to look at the whole story. If you get a chance, pull it up. But I guess a guy robbed him at gunpoint and he ended up uh, giving a dude a ride and giving him some money or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, man. So... Dame done been through it. He's from the Bay. So it's a lot of crime out there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, it's just that's just some perspective. 
the the next time you see a homeless person, I hope that you, especially if you're a fan of the podcast and you are out in the world, just be very cognizant of how you treat people and people who are not fortunate like you. All right, moving on. Self-honesty. Um, we over we lack an overall um we're overall we're not very honest with ourselves yeah we will linger in a situation because like in actuality we kind of want that situation but we'll lie because it sounds better uh keith was giving me an example earlier of like you know like certain like it'll be a woman that'll break up with her boyfriend get back with him break up with him get back with him and it's like because they're like Oh, well, he was in a hospital and I was just being there for moral support. When in actuality, the guy wasn't didn't have no no uh, no uh, uh, illness to where they were going to die. You mm-hmm. just were making an excuse to linger mm-hmm. and you weren't being honest with yourself. You don't want to leave that situation. You want to remain in it. Mm-hmm. And this is for many people. Many people will stay at jobs and they'll stay in relationships and do certain things. Because they're not being honest with themselves. Yeah. If you were honest with yourself, the, the 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 day that you're honest with yourself is the day that you will start making changes to become your higher self. There were times there, and I'll just give you some, you know, some a personal perspective. Wait, before you go into that, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't think that it's, uh, I don't think that they're lying to themselves. Mm-hmm. I just think that, um, in their mind, they've created this scenario to where this is reality right but because they lack Mm self-awareness they don't understand that they're doing whatever they're doing for the opposite reason of what they think they're doing it for yeah i I agree with that i wholeheartedly do but i still believe that there's a certain amount of responsibility that we have and at the end of that responsibility there's an answer yeah and i think we all know that answer deep down inside even if you're not self-aware it's it's in your subconscious like you have an idea you know like hey i'm am i doing this because of this even if there's a question you have an idea of why the fuck you're doing what you're doing yeah you know mm-hmm. um and what i basically was going to what i was going to say well from my experience if you can go into the mirror and you have an answer or or at least a question and you literally look in the mirror and tell yourself this I'm not better because I don't wake up early enough. I don't do this or I'm out of shape because I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this because I'm not motivated. Mm-hmm. And when you could say that out loud to yourself, you cannot lie to yourself because you will be accountable for what you're doing. Now, out in the world, you'll say, man, I can't work out because I, I work a lot of hours, man. I'm just, you know, it's just it's hard or because it sounds good. It allows you to stay in that same situation because whatever sounds great to us, we just we just roll with it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm not an alcoholic anymore. I went from drinking a whole pack. You know, I, I'm down to like nine beers now. I was drinking 12. Mm-hmm. But you thinking like um, that's y- one of those things too. a lot of people mm-hmm. can't recognize addictions. Right. So they'll be especially with alcohol because it's such, you know, it's, it's legal. So right. People will say like. I'm not really addicted. I just, you know, I just like, I could stop if I want to. Right. I just like having a beer after work. Then why so haven't like, you stopped then, motherfucker? Yeah. Because you're addicted. You're addicted. Yeah. You are sucking on that beer like it's a cock. Oh, my God. Like it's a 
fucking carbonated dick. Why can't you just drink beer? Why does it have to be associated with a cock? Because people are addicted to dick. (laughs) 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 Fucking around, man. (laughs) Nah, man. But um, yeah, it's self honesty goes a long way. Yeah. I think that if you, I think that anyone who is really, really is out to make it in the world, you got to point the finger back at yourself. Yeah, and behind you're gonna find the answer. You're not. You're never gonna find the answer to who you can be or which or how much better you can be at life until you question everything you're doing. Yeah, it's it, you know the, this sort of thing affects every aspect of your life. Exactly. I think that you know because relationships with people are so prevalent in our lives you know we we're animals so we're essentially created to procreate right um and then a lot a large us being like the higher species we uh we take relationships to a different level true um i think it affects relationships a lot you know a lot of people we always talk about people you know that should get out of toxic relationships and stuff like that but um, I think a lot of people stay with people that they shouldn't actually be with because they lack that self honesty. Right, that's a good one. Yeah, they're they're you know lying essentially lying to themselves about whatever to um, to stay in a relationship, like we mentioned before, especially like, abusive or, relationships. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like I know he loves me, but. You know, we're going to work through this and, you know, whatever. Or yeah, You can't work through a motherfucker beating your ass. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't work, you can't work through a left hook. Need a, like, I know he loves me, but come. <laughs> shut up, bitch. I'm talking. <laughs> I'm not laughing at abuse. Like, all you politically correct motherfuckers out there. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, this is one of those things that... Um, to, me, to me, it's annoying because... You know, because I am the third person in a lot of these situations, I'm able to see it a lot more clearly. Right. But it's hard to tell people stuff, you know, just because a lot of people don't listen already and a lot of people do lack self-awareness. So I'm just like, yo, this is so blatant that you're doing this. Um, And I find it annoying. But they always have a rebuttal. Right. Oh, I did this because of that. Or, you know, I'm still holding on to this because of that. Or, you know. I don't know. It's just, it's, 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 it's tough. Yeah. No, or they'll ask you for advice and you'll tell them like, because your girlfriend, I know she's fucking somebody else. She's cheating on you, man. And I think since she is possibly cheating on you, you need to leave her alone. Like, well, I mean, she could make it seem like that, but I don't think she is honestly, yeah. but and you'd be and like, like, I'm wasting my breath. Yeah, I'm wasting my breath, man. I'm yeah. not, I'm not trying to help you out, man. Yeah. 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 And then later on when they finally break up, man, I should have listened to what you were saying, man. I was, mm-hmm. I was like, dude, I don't need you to listen to what yeah. I'm saying. I need you to listen to yourself. Yeah. I think that when you have the power to look outside of yourself, it doesn't come overnight. I've been a guy that has been in situations where I didn't recognize how bad the situation was because in your mind, you always want things to work out. You have this projection for how you think life should be. And oftentimes people that become a part of your life, they don't contribute to that idea. Yeah. So you're just basically in this situation, you have it all planned out, but it's fucked up. Mm-hmm. And you go through that fucked up situation, you learn a little bit. Maybe you go through another situation, it's still kind of fucked up. You get better at it. And then the next time it happens, you're like, wait a minute, been down this road before. Mm-hmm. And you can look outside of yourself. Yeah, 
yeah, she doesn't, you know, or, you know, this this person does seems kind of shady or yeah, this girl, I don't think she's honest or you can start to pick these things off. But when you're honest with yourself, that's when you really figure them out. Yeah, that's real. It it takes a little bit of living. But right. I, to me, the disheartening thing is that I know people that are far, like almost too old. You know, oh, my God. Almost too old to learn these things. Yeah. And it's sad in their I feel sorry for them. You know what I mean? I just, I guess the, the only thing that I can do is tell our listeners to, you know, be aware of these certain things. Exactly. You know, I, all of us are dealing with this on a certain level. No, it may not be a relationship. It may be work. It may be, right. you know, I can't like I can't quit my job because um, I have a family to feed. Like I can't pursue my dreams because a lot. I think a lot of a lot of older people do this with um, like with school. You mm. know, a lot of them want to start something or they want to go back to school. Like, man, I need to go back to school, but I can't stop working because, you know, I got to take care of the house or whatever. Right. Um, a friend of mine was telling me about his mom. His mom wants to go back to school, um, and I think the job was going to pay for her schooling. And then after, at the end of her schooling, she was she's going to be able to get a promotion. But in order to do that, she would have to move back in with her grandma or something like that. Uh. And she's like, "Yo, like I can't do that. I can't like my lifestyle is set up a certain way." But that's essentially like her running away from right. You know, that. it's the perfect excuse. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. the perfect excuse because you don't want to be honest with yourself you know you know what the answer is mm-hmm. but there's always an alternate way there's a, there's always an alternative but we we tend to kind of creep away from that when we don't want to really do it yeah another example is one that you you said yourself mm-hmm. you were saying um you were like uh man i've been complaining about my job lately right you know i don't want to go in and you know do hours and this and this and that too much driving um and then you came you came to the conclusion on your own. He's like, yo, the reason I don't like the reason I keep complaining is because I'd rather be doing a podcast for a living. Right. I'd rather be doing comedy for a living. So right. you know, you I think you've figured it out yeah. on your own. Exactly. Yeah, I did. You know, here's the thing is is I don't ever want to get caught up in complaining too much because I'm blessed. Mm-hmm. You know? Um I'm 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 a lot more fortunate than a lot of people in this world. And I haven't lost sight of that. You know, however, I do get caught up in my own bullshit, mm-hmm. but I'm able to call. I'm able to stop it immediately. I'd be like, "Dude, if you don't shut the fuck up, yeah, you know, you've been through real problems. You've been through real things. You got a bless. You you basically, I'm compl- I was complaining about a blessing. Mm-hmm. I've been put in a position now where I am doing better than I've ever done. I'm blessed and thankful for that. But then you still get caught up in complaining. Then it's like, okay, motherfucker, what do you want? Sometimes I'll be just thinking in my head, like getting mad at myself, like, dude, you need to shut the fuck up. Mm-hmm. But I never would have had those disagreements with myself or, 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 you know, or, or question myself if I wasn't self-aware, if, if I wasn't honest with myself. Mm-hmm. So it goes a long That's way. Yeah. All right. Moving forward. Projecting your insecurities. Mm-hmm. Um, you spoke about this the other day. You, you, go ahead and tell us a story. Tell us your story. And yeah. uh, I said us. But yeah, us yeah. And me and the listeners. So essentially, I was talking <laughs> to a, a person, and um, it was this girl. She was she had because because you know, fem, fem, the feminist movement is so prevalent in 2019. Yeah, and I'm so ignorant to the idea, and a lot of it doesn't make sense to me. So right. I I was just trying to pick her brain. So she had a naked picture on her Instagram, 
so I asked her, I was like, so what's up with this picture? And um, she basically, I forgot what she said, but she was basically saying that it's, you know, it's like a whole body positive movement. And, you know, the, the nudity is basically to promote like women, you know, being uh, more comfortable with themselves. And I was like, all right, cool. And then conversation went on and I asked her, do you, like, I basically asked her, do you think that actually works? Right. And basically her response, um, I think she started to feel like I was like interrogating her. Um, Cause she basically, she did say like, she was like, are you interrogating me? And then I'm like, no, um, you know, I'm just curious about this whole like feminist movement. Cause I, I, I really don't understand how you posting a picture nude on Instagram actually helps your campaign. Right. So, you know, I'm really trying to pick your brain. And then she, she started to get like, um, she started to get really defensive and started, you know, basically saying like, you know, she, she started to feel like I was saying something wrong when essentially I was just asking questions. Right. Um, so, so what I drew, I drew the conclusion that she was insecure about what she was doing. She exactly. wasn't, she didn't really have a backbone and she wasn't able to stand on her, uh, her statement. And she yeah. really didn't understand why being naked on Instagram like the connection between that and actually like promoting body body positive stuff, I think she she probably just did it because it was like the cliche thing to do. Exactly. And part part of it, she probably just wanted to be naked anyway. Right. Um. So when I started asking these questions, she was pro- projecting her insecurities. She started to feel like I was saying things that I really wasn't. Right. You know what I mean. So yeah, that's the idea yeah. behind it. it. To me, I feel like that whole shit like. And let's make this clear: we're not shitting on the feminist movement, but we are shitting on uh, "quote unquote" feminists who put these things on social media that don't—they don't contribute to anything. Like they don't. Like the whole body positive thing, I don't get it. First of all, you got a bunch of chicks that are half naked on the fucking internet, so they can say the same thing. They can say this is body positive, but you got your fat pussy showing on the fucking Instagram. Like I don't get like who what is the audience? Who is what is that doing? We're also clothed the majority of the day. Right. So maybe you should just take pictures with your clothes on. Yeah, <laughs> right. <laughs> like what the fuck is this shit? Just <laughs> so this feminist shit now that it's bullshit. It I'm sorry. It is complete fucking I don't even I don't want you to go into that because No, 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 no. Because Listen, the, the, no, what? the we're talking about projecting insecurities. I just don't want you to stray away from the topic. No, I'm not straying away from the topic. What I'm saying is there's a smokescreen. There's actual feminism, and there are things that are masked and put as that. That's like me saying, like, uh, I'm an entrepreneur, but I'm always, like, posting things that have nothing to do with entrepreneurship. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about, man. I'm not shitting on feminism at all. I'm just saying people that call themselves that and do things contrary to that movement doesn't contribute anything. So, I mean, I would be like, yeah, you got great tits, but what's going on? You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> what's the whole story to this? But mm-hmm. what I'm saying is this. I feel like that girl that did that, I feel because you didn't praise her. She had a problem with it. You asked a question. If you would have said like, oh, I think you're beautiful. You have a really nice body. She'd be like, oh, thank you. Right. But due to the fact that you questioned what girl, she. You got a fat feminist ass. Yeah. That- <laughs> <laughs> you 
You got some holiday hams. <laughs> Your thing look fat. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, dang. You said a fat feminist test. You got a fat feminist pussy. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, my God. Now, I, I think that due to the fact that, for one, this has nothing to do with feminism, but I think the fact that you did not praise her for her body being out, she questioned that from the beginning. She may think, oh, does he like it? Does he not like it? I don't know. And her insecurities came out immediately. Yeah. Because when some people don't get affirmation at the snap of a finger, like we live in a society that constantly needs to be affirmed. Mm -hmm. So when you're not affirming someone and they're like, what the fuck? Wait, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You Mm -hmm. know, it doesn't mean that you don't like the picture of her naked. It doesn't mean you do or don't. It just means that you're questioning it. And all the other gazillion dudes that have tried to talk to her have told her, oh, you're beautiful. Oh, you're great. Oh, this and that. Mm -hmm. But they never questioned the integrity of the intent behind the photo. Yeah. I would have done the same thing. Yeah. At 34 years old, I'm tired of seeing naked holes on the Internet. I'm tired of it. (laughs) Tired of it. (laughs) I only want to say naked women because I just think I think that women in general that have something to offer don't always have a new picture of their ass on the internet. Yeah. I like, was, uh-huh. oh, go ahead. I like women that read books and like, yeah. you know, have great conversation. Like I'm not attracted to women that got their titties out on the internet every other day. Yeah. That's just not my that's thing. Rare. I, I think that's rare from, I think a lot of it is our fault as men. I'm gonna keep it real. Mm-hmm. Because we like women with their titties out on the internet. And that's the women that we gravitate to the most. And I think a lot of women are following suit. Like, mm-hmm. well, I'm not going to get attention if I don't have my tits out. Yeah. So here's my tits. And I'm like, whoa, those are nice. I, Go yeah, ahead, Keith. I've literally, I've seen people <laughs> change their uh, careers based on like, right. this thing. Like, girls that are just regular, normal girls. All of a sudden, they'll pop up with... Uh, an account where they're essentially selling their body, like you know, twerking on videos. That's and, ridiculous. You know, got basically naked, and it's just crazy. I'm like, these are, these are girls that I know. Like we went to school together. You, right. You were you were, you were a good student, but I don't yeah. know what happened. Um, but you know, whatever. You know, good for you. But um, <clears throat> but yeah, this happens a lot. Uh, <laughs> um, there was, I'll tell the story about. <laughs> so I had a um I had an uncle and one day he was extremely drunk and he ended up falling down the staircases at <laughs> at the apartment. He fell he fell down the staircase and uh he had a like because he fell he had a huge <laughs> scar on his face. I and um he he was walking around with a scar on his face for a few days and his eye he had like a black eye and it just looked terrible. He looked like he looked hideous for a few days. <laughs> and we're all chilling at the house. Eddie was there. And uh my little brother, uh it was around the time that, that Freddy versus Jason movie came out. And my little brother was like, Oh snap, they got a Freddy versus Jason movie. And then my drunk my uncle that had this film. <laughs> I'm 
only telling. I'm telling like the uh, like the podcast version of the story. But <laughs> that's why Eddie is dying. <laughs> oh man! Just hit, call me on my phone. I'll tell you the real story. But <laughs> so <for laughs> so it was around that time when the Freddy versus Jason movie came out, and uh, we all sitting in the living room. The trailer for the movie comes on, and my little brother's like, "Yo." They got a Freddy versus Jason. Like, they got a Freddy Cougar movie coming out. This mug might be dope. And then my uncle come out of nowhere. No one's talking about him at all. It's like, so what, nigga? You think I look like Freddy Cougar? <laughs> and you're like, bruh. No, he says, so you calling me Freddy Cougar, nigga? Huh? Huh? And then he was like, li- literally insecure, like mad about it. Yeah. And then your little brother and his friends is just like unstuck. Like, like, huh? What the heck is and then, that? And then your brother was like, Man, forget this nigga tripping. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I was dying. So he sound like like Freddy Cougar nigga. <laughs> he was legit like mad. Yeah. Oh my god. So goodness. there you go. Projecting your insecurities. Wasn't nobody even talking about him at all. We were only talking about a movie. He felt like since he got a huge scar on his face, he looked like Freddy Cougar. Oh and, my uh, goodness. Yeah. There you have it. Yeah, I think there's a, something you left out on the initial story with that girl is the fact that she had lost a lot of weight. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I think that what happens too is is like I think not just women but men also share an insecurity where if you're a person who is heavier and you know you, you you're used to being insecure about your body and now you lose some weight and you start posting these pictures and you're getting all this praise for it and then somebody questions your intent behind a photo, it's okay to question someone's intent. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you could just choose to not say anything, but sometimes it's like, hey, if you say something, you say it. It's not like you're being offensive. You just ask the question. Um, And she was so used to all this positive feedback that someone even asking a question was not on par with what she felt about Mm -hmm. herself. So she was just like, oh, I don't... You know, I don't know. He doesn't like it. If he doesn't like it, he could keep his mouth shut. And he had all these crazy... Things yeah, going yeah, on yeah, in her yeah. mind when it's like in actuality, you just ask what the intent was. Like, does that really work? I, yeah. I also don't think you should be able to take such a strong stance without um, being able to stand on it. Yeah, being able to stand on it or have an argument for it. You know what I mean? Or not even an argument, some, some sort of debate or be able to answer questions right. about it. Um, one thing she did say too is that um, it was like. It was an initial conversation, so there. It, I didn't know this person for very long before I asked that question. Mm-hmm. But like, I wasn't interested in getting to know that person. I was just curious about this picture. So um, she, she. One thing she said was like, you know, this is not like a a question for an initial conversation. Like, if I was more comfortable with you, I would be able to elaborate on the the subject. But because <laughs> because I don't know you that well. Um, you know, I'm not going to talk about this, which but, to me sounds like more like projecting some sort of lie. Because right. <clears throat> you're comfortable enough to post a picture of yourself half naked, that's, that, that's, but you're not comfortable enough to elaborate on the half naked photos you posted on the fucking Internet. Yeah. What, that's, what sense does this that's make? I was, like, I was like, if you have a public profile, um, I don't know how many followers you got, but if you have a public profile, you may have, you know, the average adult probably has you know somewhere around like 500 friends so you got 500 people seeing that picture right um if it's private and then if it's public you know whatever hashtags you may have used more people probably have come across the picture so it's like you're not comfortable 
telling me about the picture, but you're right. comfortable posting it to the whole world. I, that doesn't I mean, make sense. That's like, that's like freaking Fred Flintstone not want to answer a question about Fruity Pebbles. Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> nigga, it's cereal out here. What are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, man. That's so crazy. I, it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me at all. Not at all. Yeah. Imagine you like, yeah, you know, I'm all about black empowerment. I'm about this and that. I'm about this and that. I have a strong stance about, you know, black issues. And then someone who is questioning your credibility in a black community asks you a question. Let's say they happen to not be black. And then you like, I don't feel I need to answer those questions. I don't feel I need to talk about that. I don't, I don't know feel, you well enough. To I don't know you well enough to talk about black issues. It's like the motherfucker. Why are you standing on these things? Like I think if you have okay, and it goes with anything. This is why this point is so valid. If you are a 49er fan, and somebody questions your credibility, like how long you been a fan? You don't know about this, and you're like, yes, I actually know this, 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 and this, yeah. and then they ain't got nothing to say no more. Yeah. Or if you say, look, I love watching Marvel films. Man, you just a bandwagon. No, actually, I'm not. I know about this volume, this volume, and this volume from this mm-hmm. year, and this character from this character, and they're like, oh, no, he for real. Yeah. Like, you should always be able to back up anything that you are uh, passionate about yeah. or, or well-versed in. Mm-hmm. So for her to post a picture of herself naked, so what? You don't know your body or you don't? <laughs> what the fuck? It just doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. I yeah. think the dumbest part of the whole thing is that she covered her crack with a little flower emoji. Really? Yeah. She was standing, oh, her back was showing? Yeah. She didn't turn around? No. So you got no tit shots. Man, that's yeah. lame. Yeah. It wasn't that impressive at anyways. Least, at least put the titties out there, man. <laughs> put some stars really on them. be pos- body positive. Show us your titties. <laughs> <laughs> you know what would be crazy? If, if like the whole body positive movement, some chick was naked and her titties was out and she's like, someday these breasts are going to be able to feed a baby. <laughs> and I'd be like, I don't know. Like, I, I just can't argue with this. I don't know. Maybe a baby might be on the titties. But for now. In the meantime. In the meantime, I need some milk. <laughs> That's I'm, I'm pretty sure there's there's probably a woman listening to this and they're like no you guys are funny but no women should be, <laughs> women should be able to listen to wear whatever the fuck they want they don't have to listen to you no we're not saying that at all we're not saying that at all trust me women can wear whatever the fuck they want we're all adults however in this situation you know we're right <laughs> like imagine if i posted a picture with my cock out and they'll be like uh, it'll be like uh, uh, cancer awareness or some shit. <laughs> and I'll be like, why is your dick out? Do you think that really works for cancer research? I'll be like, yeah, it's, it's awareness for men. Yeah. And you'd be like, no, you're just a fucking pervert and a creep and you want your cock out. What's the difference from my cock and a woman fucking being naked with her tits out? Yeah. Hmm? Promote testis- testicular cancer. Yeah. Well, what I'm holding my nuts. And yeah. then you're like, why are you holding your testicles? Because, you know, the testicle awareness, you know? We that can't... sounds, that is, that is a great comparison. Yeah, we can't, <clears throat> we can't play that card over here. Yeah. Because I've heard women say shit like, penises are gross. I'm like, what? Really? Yeah. Is that why you keep sticking them in your mouth? <laughs> this was saying that last night when you're like, ah. Oh my god. They're so nasty, I want to hide them in my mouth. <laughs> Give me that. <laughs> yeah. Nah, man. On a serious note, folks, um, 
don't don't replicate this type of behavior. Yeah, because it's complete bullshit. And every and and even if pe- a lot of, we live in a world where even if people know it's complete bullshit, they're gonna allow you to do what you do because men are just one track minded. They just want pussy. But any man in this world that truly prides himself on wanting a woman is not going to look at tits and ass first every time. Mm-hmm. Of course, nice titties and nice asses are nice. We all yeah. we love that. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like, come on, dude. Mm-hmm. Your, tits, your titties out again? <laughs> Come on, man. Yeah, you can't respect that. No, nah, no, nah, yeah. not at all. Yeah. yeah. That's all from Eddie. Yeah. That, that, uh, That's all, folks. All right, man. All right, well, if there's nothing else from Keith here, we go ahead and wrap up episode 58. Yeah, man. That's pretty much it. Um, today is Cinco de, Ma- Cinco de Mayo, right? Yeah. yeah. So I didn't say that. Shout out to all y'all drunk people out there. Yeah, man. Make sure y'all sober up enough yeah. um, tomorrow so tomorrow morning to listen. Or today, right right now, to listen to the podcast. Right. Which we're recording on Sunday night. It'll be up Monday morning. Right. Yeah. All right, man. Well, that's it. Uh, if you made it all the way to the end of this episode, thank you for listening to a Trucker's Mind podcast. I'm Eddie McGee. It's your boy, K-Fings. All right, man. Peace. Peace.